On today's episode, Dave interviews Richard Label. Richard is a corporate entertainer, a trade show host, a master of ceremonies who's led sales meetings for TV Guide, GTE, Mattel, IBM, Microsoft, Coca-Cola, and the Chicago Cubs. He's also the host for the Chicago Emmy Awards. On location from Chicago, I'm Ian Foley, and this is ADD Comedy. When you, when you grew up, did you, did you have a place like this, which is a really 3,000 square foot, lovely, very open home, patio outside. No, my parents were school teachers, mm -hmm. barely, hand to mouth. Mm -hmm. So where did you get, I guess my question is, my question is always like, you're such an adult. Uh, yeah, um, outside, but not inside, I'm about 13 or 14. <laughs> but that's, I think men, that's just men. Women, girls turn into women, uh -huh. and boys just stay boys. Mm -hmm. But we have this persona sometimes that we're men, but we're all still... The persona just want to play video games and look at naked girls, right. and you know we play poker and we watch sports and right. yeah, drive fast. Right, we're all thirteen or fourteen. And we about stop there. <laughs> right, right, right. I do, I do like being a guy. I don't know what other choice there'd be, but the idea of going, yeah, I like those sort of things. I like playing. I, I, I like playing poker. I don't do it very you often. You mean like you like being a guy as opposed to a, a woman, or I, like just a regular guy guy? That's no, I don't think I'm a regular guy guy. I don't oh. think I'm one of those guys. Like so I'm, you, I'm not a poker playing guy. I'm not a guy who's like, hey, let's go watch basketball. I just don't do that. I do it with my son. That's fun. You have a son who, and and your son is interested in that sort of stuff right. for whatever reason. Right. He's interested in that. Right. So I stopped watching professional sports because I have two kids that are athletic. So I would rather watch their sports. I don't cheer for, like I never got why you would cheer for the Chicago Bears. Like I moved here from Detroit. Now all of a sudden I'm supposed to be a Bears fan. And those guys don't care who they play for. Mm -hmm. Who's going to give me the most money? I'll go play for them. So why should I cheer that on? Right. I can see cheering on your high school team. Those guys all are playing for no money. Right. And they just want to play. So... I like cheering for my kids and their friends, and now that there's kids just playing for the pure love of the game, mm -hmm. instead of how much my agent can get me. In. Right. Right. So. so, the idea of, uh, no, I, I like that. I like the, I like that. I don't. I don't watch any sports. I don't really. When I when I'm watching sports, I'm, it's more about hanging out with somebody than it is to go, look at those guys, and can you believe it? And I gave up on the cards. Right, but I think most people, I think that's a TV persona of that going on. Do you watch TV? You watch a lot of TV. We watch some TV. Uh -huh. Not a lot of time. Mm -hmm. But when we do, it's, um, I don't think we watch commercial television. Mm -hmm. And if we do, we taped it so we can fly through the commercials. Right. Right. But and you watch it with the family. Sometimes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like we I watch Survivor. It's kind of fun. It's kind of a fun right. thing to watch once a week. And like that's about it. I think right. that's about our only show. We did start, it's Christmas break, so somebody turned us on to a uh, modern family. That's yeah. funny. Right. So, but that's about it. You know, we'll watch an episode of that. We, but but we've you, been doing do puzzles, guys... playing games, Parcheesi, ah, Sorry, Life, right? Monopoly. Right. That's really fun. Right. Yeah. I agree. I agree. I, the, the idea I'm sitting But that around. hasn't changed. I did that as a kid. So mm -hmm. I'm still 13 or 14 playing the same games. Now I just have a 14 or 16-year-old to do it with me. Right. Right. Who's your age? Who's my age? A little more mature than I am. <laughs> a little bit. My wife says she has three children. So, but I'm working on it. Right. Yeah. You've been working on it for a while. I have been but for you know, 54 the fact years. But you know, the fact that you met, you, you met Kate, you met your wife when she was younger. And I, and I say that in a lovely way because I just love her so much. And the fact that you met her, like, there's a joy that you have that is that younger person with inside of you. There is that, that, that joy. Right. When I met her, yeah, she was almost 11 years younger. And once again, without even more mature than I was at the time. Mm -hmm. Right. Right. Um, and you haven't really gotten that much more mature as you've gotten older. Well, you've gotten more, you, you, you're, a, you're a very responsible human being. And I, that's what I that's what I love about you is how and I've said it before, as you know, um, there's nobody that I want to be traveling with more than you. There's nobody that I want to be on a gig with. What's more than why, you. why? Why is that? Because you, if there's something that comes, he up, asked. He asked, wanting to be stroked. Right. I know, but the thing's yeah, like, no, why not? But you know, you know, if there's a problem, you can handle it. But you don't go, well, I don't know what's going to happen. You go, okay, let's take a moment here just to see. And, and the way that you steer the solution or find the solution well, what are we, what is are we, What's the end result? 
That's the whole thing. What do you want done here? Oh my God, this food's horrible. Okay, what do you want done? I'd like something better to eat. Okay, then right. that's what we do. We right. don't complain about what we... All I, right, and I, so how are we going to get that in right. a logical way? If you were the person I had to talk to, I wouldn't want you yelling at me. She's like, I don't know, that's what you got. But you go, you know, this really isn't the food I wanted. Hey, do you have anything else? I mean, I'm really hungry and I just can't eat this. And usually people, if you give them the power, they'll help you out. If you give them the power, what does that mean? If you give them the power? <sighs> if you give somebody the option... The power, the option to do something. If you put the control in their hands, mm -hmm. instead of forcing that control on them, right? If you give them the option, I, I would say eighty percent of the time you're going to get what you want. People will do the right thing if it's approached in the right way, and you just kind of give it up to them. I think there's also something... I want this food now, right? Instead of hey, can I get that? Can so I want this food now? I'm demanding it. Do you think I could get this? Now it's up to them to make that choice, and they're probably going to give it to you. And you have a relationship at that moment, and and not Absolutely. and one of you is not saying I own you or you owe me or something like that. Right. It's a relationship that you have. Where but if you can make them friends first too, and and I don't mean best friends, but if you can have, like you said, a relationship mm -hmm. that's that's amenable. Right. Right. We're just, we're just all trying to bang through this life as easy as we can. And I think and that that's a major thing right there to say we're all trying to bang through this life as, as easy as we can. That right there says, you know, at the end of the day, it's just about you and I having this conversation, having a cocktail, you having a gin, I'm having a bourbon, and sitting around and telling stupid pun jokes. Absolutely. Or whatever that's going to be. Absolutely. And being 13 or 14 years old. But I, I think a lot of people feel like, oh, my ego is bruised by what it is that you're doing. And it's like, no. No, I didn't mean that. Yeah. And sometimes you just have to go, I'm sorry. I didn't, I didn't even realize you felt that. Right. And then it goes, oh, takes all the air out of it. You go, I'm really sorry. And boy, that goes a long way. Right. Even with clients get mad at me for something. And I just go, geez, I'm sorry. Mm -hmm. And, you know. Um, and when they do, when they, the moment that you do say to them that, that apology, you've hit another level of relationship. Absolutely. Absolutely. Breaking the wall down. Right. And... I think a lot of people, again, a lot of people go, oh, I got to win this. But it's also a young man's game where a young guy's going to go, oh, I really nailed him as opposed to, it's not about that. Yeah, but see, the problem with my career has been a lot of the honesty of that, of calling people out, of saying just what the, I had a, I had a hard time with, I have a hard time with people that don't, that aren't honest. And that's why I never went to LA when I went out there. You know, I had an audition out there mm -hmm. and they said, that was great. That was perfect. We'll call you tomorrow. And so when I hear that, I'm waiting on the phone call. But that's just what they say. Right. And when you come in Chicago and you have an audition and I'll go, eh, you know, thanks for coming in. It's just not right. We were actually looking for somebody, you know, four inches taller and who had a mustache. And you go, hey, that's okay. And they go, no. I mean, it was really good. It wasn't really what we were looking for, but thanks a lot. Mm -hmm. And I can, you can tell me the truth. And even if it's hurtful, I can live with it. But to lie to me, and which happened to me at Second City, which happened to me with, at Improv Olympic. I mean, the producers, it was just people, I just couldn't stand the lying. Right. You know? And then you, but right now what you're doing is, and what you've done is, you've rem you haven't removed yourself. That's not, that's not what you've done. You have evolved from those, for example, those two institutions. You've evolved and gone, you know what? I don't want to deal with those sort of people. I am going to create the universe that I want to live in. And that's the universe I'm going to live in. Right, and Dell told me early on. I mean, I used to hang with Dell. You know, we would go hang and sit in his apartment and talk and talk about comedy and talk about him and me and our past and stuff. And it was this cool relationship that nobody knew about that he and I had. And I, I relished that. I mean, he was a crazy guy, but boy, he was so brilliant. Right. Oh, yeah, he was awesome. Right. But he said, you know, this isn't, you're not, uh, you're fast and funny, and that's going to work for you. It's not, you're not not an improv. I mean, you're good at it. You can do the Herald's fine. You'll do Second City fine, but that's not where you're going to find. You're, you are a solo act. Right. You're fast and funny. He goes, the two fastest people I've ever met in my life are you and Bonnie Hunt. Mm -hmm. He goes, you guys say stuff a half a second before anybody else says it. And he goes, and people get mad at you because they were thinking it and they were going to say it, but you said it first. 
And he goes, you guys have that in common. There's also between when you and you, you talk about you and Bonnie, there's a confidence there. There's a confidence there that the two of you had. And I don't know, I haven't spoken with Bonnie in a really long time. Like the name hardly ever comes up at all. But, I know. Uh, but, but the fact she's that. She's funny. She's really funny. And, right. and another thing is she's very Midwestern Chicago, but she's Chicago. Right. You know, she's Chicago and she's like, let's talk. We're, let, like, and that's what people love about somebody where you look at somebody and you go, I, I love the confidence they have. I love the drive that they have. I love just being the energy of being around that. Right. And so that's what I do on stage in my job. So when I emcee a corporate event, I don't just introduce somebody. I bring them up and we talk for a minute Right. on stage. So now we've talked. Right. We've had this fun conversation. Maybe something funny came out and then you, they've already been on stage. So it's that interplay, that relationship, just mm -hmm. the fun, the fast, you know, I don't know. That's the deal. That's really great. Because when, it's also when you sit down with somebody, it's not a calming down as much as it's, we're just talking. We're just hum, two human beings on this, in this place right now. Right. And when you remove the idea of it has to be something, it's got to be this or it has to look like that, it's not going to look like that. And right. it's not going to be that way. It's not. Or if somebody says something, you just know they're not telling you the truth. And you call them out on it, they get mad at you. Right. Especially somebody in a position of power. Right. So, I mean, I got fired three times at Second City and had to beg for my job back just because I called somebody else on being a liar. And they were lying, but... People don't like to hear about people that. People don't want to hear about it. People don't want to hear and about I can it. fire you. Right. <laughs> um, I was there the other day, and I got to tell you, it's so nice to visit that place and not have anything to do with it. But that's true of so many other places where you're really able to look and go, oh, there's the audience laughing. Everybody backstage is really loving each other. They are at a point in their careers where they're at the top and they have nothing to prove to anybody. Right. I was always surprised at how many people would be at Second City and would have like chips on their shoulder or like it fucking owes Well, it's the something. angry comedians that drove me crazy. <clears throat> like half those people had started Upright Citizens. Those guys were angry. That Ian guy, I remember, I remember getting in a fight with him backstage going, stop being, we do comedy. We're all happy. We're all laughing. And you come in with this cloud over your head. I said, you make this dark. I don't want to work with you. You're no fun. And he might have been funny and whatever, but it was just that, that anger. Do you know, like Ron West, he didn't, he had, he was more serious. Do you know? He could be angry and stuff, but there, he wasn't angry off stage. He was more serious and that was focused to me. But then there was just the angry comedians. Or Go the, do stand-up. That's great. It works for stand-up. It right. doesn't work in a group. Right. Brings it all down. Right. Or, right, right, right. And, and I but don't I like, didn't suffer fools well either. So when Barron's Barracudas, the second iteration of that was going on, mm -hmm. there was three other teams. And Mick and I were on one. Mm -hmm. I think you and Dan Shriver? I can't remember. Or Ruthie? And I pulled two people from each team and kind of pulled a coup there. Mm -hmm. And everybody was all mad. But I was like, you know what? Here's three teams that aren't very good, but there's two people on each team that's good. Right. And got, got them all together. And Sharna got mad. Well, that team ended up being the house team for two years, too, after it was you, me, Mick, Timmy, right. Madeline. I mean, it kind of you know went into that. But that's why people went... It's all, I, I said it before, the only mistake you make in improvisation is casting. The idea that, that when we're together, are we on stage and backstage respecting each other? Because if we're not, let's get the fuck out of here. Right. Let's just not do this anymore. Right. Let's just shoot, shoot the horse. It's not serving us anymore. Right. Absolutely. But I think a lot of people go, well, I hope I'm going to make this work, and I hope I'm going to make this work. Or a relationship that you have with your boss, well, I hope that he turns around. Like, stop being a victim in this universe and to go, you know what? It's time to go. Right. But I also realized I was a dick back then, too, on a lot of stuff. Like sure. taking classes at Second City. If you weren't at the top of your game and one of the guys that was really good at it, I didn't want to work with you. Mm -hmm. But there were people just there that were accountants that wanted to come and just take an improv class. Right. And we were mean to them. And we were not supportive. And it's like, I wish I could go back and just play with everybody and support, like John Judd. Right. Judd would take the worst improviser in the world and have a scene work with them. Right. You know? I mean, that was the immaturity part, too, of being young and, you know, I'd love to go back and replay some of that stuff. Right. It's a growth thing. I'm just looking at your, your mic. That's all. Everything's good. Um, it's a, it's a, but, but you needed to go through that in order for you to know how to deal with, with clients in a certain right. way. Right. My career would have been different, though. I mean, I was, you know, Nia Vardellis and I got hired 
out of that entire audition, like a thousand people auditioned. We we're the only two that got hired that year. Mm -hmm. And we were, you know, going to be the next ones moved up and nobody left for three years. Nobody left a stage. So by the time it was my turn to come around, there was an all new batch of people. I had been there. I'd been cranky. I hadn't been moved up in three years and touring and doing corporate stuff. And, you know, it just my it was bad timing. The time went by, which is but a shame. But didn't it also direct you into where it is that you are right now? Oh, absolutely. I'm not I'm not saying it was right or wrong. It is what it is. Mm -hmm. I couldn't be happier in my life. I love where I am and what I do. Mm -hmm. I have a hoot. I have a ton of time off. I work 20 weeks out of the year. You know, I make a nice living. And you're, and and when you are working, you're not doing anything like, why don't you get that ladder over there and then climb up? And I then... come in, everybody treats me great. Right. I have because a great time. Because, I'm the guy. Right. It's the energy where they look at you, and this is a huge thing. They look at you and you go, <gasps> here's the guy. Here's right. the guy. Yeah, and it's a hoot. Right. Yeah. And I was, I was talking to somebody about this. I talk about this a lot lately, is somebody walks in a room and you look at them and what do they do to your heartbeat? Do they make you go, oh, or do they make you go, oh, right. they, what do they do to your breathing? Oh, that's do you interesting. Go, oh, or do you go, oh, because what's that energy that, that you know, I, I, I see you, you, you honk your horn and you come to pick me up at the Winnetka stop over and here. And I was just so happy to see you. Right. right. You're happy to see me. Listen to that phrase. Right. But I'm we happy. have such a past and so much going right. on there. Right. But I that's mean, true of even people. That is true. And it's not but. And there are certain people that you. But it floods you through all those memories. I mean, you and I driving around town doing duty runs. Right. I mean, you delivered tinkle and poop. No, I picked. I didn't P deliver. No, well, you I did. did. You did. I picked up duty and pee and cum and cough. At different places. Right. I was a courier for Al Marmole Clinical Labs. I, and you and I would go on runs to And we would drive all over the city. And smoke cigarettes and, and listen to music and laugh and just point. And out. say the word duty. And say the word duty as much as we could. As much on every single sign. Exactly. Driving drive down Lawrence drive, Avenue. Right. And it was Dell's rule of three, seven, and way too fucking many. <laughs> so there's a rule of three. There's a rule of seven. And he says, puns are the rule of way too fucking many. Yeah. You tell one pun, I hate you. You tell me a thousand, I'm going to start laughing. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's the yeah, yeah, yeah. And 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 there's there's there's. But that. you sang at my wedding. You sang at your wedding. But there's on and the chair, there's all that, your family, my think, family, right. right? And uh, when but you have to have that kind of past. I think you have to have that emotional connection. But there's also to, somebody like when I like I I don't have a you know I I say this in a, of course just in, I don't have a relationship with your daughter other than she's your daughter. Right. And also, and I see her and I'm like, oh, she really, like she's, she's joyous. And it's in that way of even that right. to look at somebody like that or to see a picture of Kate, your wife. And she's not here, right. but I look at her and just looking at her does that gets me, you know, says, oh, I want to hang out with her and talk to her. Right. And I That's miss why her. you're going to leave before she gets home. No, yeah. no. Um, but I think a lot of people don't realize that they're not that person. And what I mean when I say that oh. is they're like, are you somebody that walks into a room and everybody goes, oh, oh. I was, I was going to leave, but maybe I'll leave earlier. Do you think people know that? They must on some at level. I think, I don't think they do because that's a mindfulness that you get to have. You get to be mindful of what is the energy that you're bringing? Because really the energy that you're bringing is the energy that you're living. If I'm living an energy where I'm like, oh, well, I gotta go there and do that and see that, then you're bringing that bullshit into every relationship that you have. And we know a lot of Eeyores. Is that, yeah, no, we do, we do. But I stay away from those people. Right. I try to. Well, that's the whole thing. That's right. what I mean, is you're, we're staying away from those people. Right, do but I don't go to that party. I try not to go to that party. You never know when they're going to come in. Like we went to, there was a great party here this year, just before Christmas. And mm -hmm. there was maybe 50 people. And I don't know, maybe it's about 1030 and we're all getting ready to head out of there. And the hostess says, no, you can't go to a couple of us. Well, there was like five couples that stayed around at the end. She goes, I wanted my favorite people to stay here at the end. And then we had the most fun. Right. The only, mistake all... you make in, the only mistake you make in improv and parties is casting and invitations. Right, right. Right. So, and it was a hoot. I mean, it was the most fun. That last hour was better than the first four. Right. Yeah. Just laughing, giggling. Went outside and took their ornaments and put them in their bed when they weren't looking. And just silly, you know, it sounds stupid, but it was so 
funny. Right. And just giggling like children. Right. Yeah. Because that's what it is when you have those close friends. It is like being in your clubhouse and you can giggle and you don't have anything. There's no TV. There's no nothing. It's just you and your friends giggling and talking. Right. Yeah. And so what you're doing in this house here, where I walk into this into this room where you have your kitchen and it, the kitchen spills over into your family room here. And I could just see you sitting in this warm room playing games, playing with a dog and having, and you've created that in your house. Right. And people go, oh God, you're so lucky. And I go, really? Lucky would be if I'd hit the lottery and had somebody do this. It's all been a plan. Maybe not consciously all the time, but this is, that was the plan that I wanted, you know, and, and the wife that I have and right. we did it together. And this you. is the kind of home we want and the kind, like that couch right there, it's, you know, it was nice when we bought it, but it was never supposed to be a couch that was only for company. You're supposed to be able to jump on that couch and the dog sleep on that couch. And if something spilled on that couch, you cleaned it off. And nobody, this house was a house to be lived in by tons of kids. Right. You know, there's a pool table in the basement. And there's, you know, right. it's a place for people to hang out. And for your, uh, who was I talking to? I was talking to Mo Collins. We and put Mo a porch on the front. Yeah. We sit out there in the summertime, put it on two years ago. And we just sit out there and people show up. It's just a place for people to hang out. And that's what it's about. Your neighborhood rocks. There's like, it's, great. It's, it's a great neighborhood. There's not a lot of houses crammed into other houses. It's so different than your house in Rogers Park in that it's not right, like, right. like one on top of another. Bungalows. And, bungalows, which right. are great. That's right, great. Right, right. But there is a plan and you're really focused, it seems, right. on what, not but it took a lot of work and saving money, and we did this house and flipped that house and fixed it up and, and moved up and up, and, you know, I mean, this is the deal. So when you... I mean, we were going to live out, you know, um, what's northwest of town. It was by the airport. It was nice out there. I don't know what it's called. Displaint? No. It's but, the, I don't know. Whatever. Mm -hmm. But, like, this is the lake. Elk Grove. Yeah, whatever. I mean, I'm a half a mile from the lake. I can walk the dog down. We're on the lake. Right. In the summer, I'm on the lake every single day. Right. With my dog, running, playing ball. We swim, you know? Right. So there's a ton to do here. Can so, you believe that how much we smoked? How many cigarettes we used to smoke? I used to go through one pack at night during Second City shows. When we were doing main stage, I'd be through a whole pack in one night. <sighs> yeah, two packs a day. Right. Of Marlboros. Right. All day. Right. I remember lighting one up, one get, waking up and lighting one up. Right. Yeah. And smoking in your apartment. Uh, it's been 11 years. Yeah. How and about you? When did you quit? I don't know. I think I want to say eight years ago. So like we'd that. moved here to uh -huh. Winnetka, and we're walking up the street, and Harrison was three. He's 16 now. Is he three? Wow, it's been that long. So 13 years. And he's, I'm smoking a cigarette, and nobody smokes in this town. You never see a cigarette. They might smoke. You never see anybody smoke here. Uh -huh. Like when I go in the city, I can smell it, see it everywhere. Yeah. Never see it here. Right. Ever. Right. I don't mean like once a year. Never. And he goes, why do you do that? Innocent question. Why do you do that? Right. And the only answer I had in my head was, because uh, dad's stupid, you know? <laughs> and I can't say that to my child. And I said, oh, um, well, I'm quitting tomorrow. And he goes, oh, okay. And I quit the next day after 25 years. Right. So, I smoked for 29 years. Yeah, it's crazy. 29 years. Think about yeah. all that money. I never think about the money. I mean, I really enjoyed smoking. I did too. It was and like breaking up with a friend. Well, yeah. Like a, a divorce. Well, this is the way that I look at it. I, I look at it exactly like breaking up with a girlfriend because like, you see other people with her. A long-term girlfriend. Right. You see oh, other people with her. In and their mouth. Like, in their mouth. And you go, She's well, in their mouth. Right. Right? And it's like you smell her on other people and you go, you've been with her, Have haven't you? Have been with you? her? And like everyone's oh, Do you like, want one? No. Right. Oh, no. and then you're drunk and you're like, maybe I'll call her. Maybe I'll just call her. And you have just one hit and you're like, I shouldn't. You wake up in the morning and go, I did yeah, that. Yeah, but you broke up with her because she has crabs. And so when somebody says, do you want, a, you want her? You want one? No. You know what? It's okay, I had that. But still, like that whole thing. And I cannot even handle a little bit of smoke. Oh, it doesn't bother me. To be around it? Well, I, if I go to Vegas, it's all smoke, and I just go, hmm. And sometimes, but I don't a couple like times smell. a year, I'd like one. Yeah. I, I go, ooh. No. Mm -mm. I'd like a cigarette. That'd be a But it's also thinking about the, the mushrooms that we've done. I don't remember that. Well, <laughs> I have no idea what you're talking about. 
Who just uh, died? All the people that died. Somebody, a lot, and there was somebody big who yeah. I was going to write you and Tim Slagle. Slagle did. Slagle did. Pesquazy. Right. Yep. And, and go Meadows, you know, where we would have a a vigil yep. and like go walking through the street streets at night. Timmy's doing good. Do you see him? No, I don't see him. I don't see many people. He's doing stand-up now a lot. I know. Yeah, and doing well. Oh, my God. He makes me laugh. I am. He makes me laugh. He makes me he laugh, too. He's a charming human being. That was another thing in Detroit. So we had this improv company in Detroit. Same thing I did at Improv Olympic. We had a group, and we split it off with some funny people. And we were going to have our first rehearsal, and I invited Meadows and Mike Maddox to the rehearsal, but didn't tell anybody in the cast. Because I knew they were good, and I knew they'd be great for the group. Right. But I just made that... It was bad. I mean, when I look back, it's like, just because I know it's right, I can't just push that shit down people's throat at the time, mm -hmm. you know? But this is right. I know it's right, so just do it. But when you're motivated to do something like that, I think that it's, it's strike and then see, it's, it's, it's strike with the, with the inspiration and then see what happens. Well, it, was like, anybody upset? It's like, don't explain. Oh, really mad? Beltsman was mad at me, his wife, Belle? But you know what? At the same time... But they got over it. They got over quickly. it. Quickly. Not only did they get over it, but they understood it. Yeah, I think it was more that I just did it. Right. 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 And, right, okay. All right. All right, but there's, but there's, there's something about dec decisiveness, too. Right, well, isn't it like um, do it and explain later? Or well, I'd, that's rather, I'd rather apologize? Or, yeah, something like what's that. What's that some saying? Yeah, there is a saying like that yeah, where you yeah, go, okay, yeah, what's supposed um, to happen It's here? better to, uh, instead of asking permission, Yeah. better to apologize and ask permission? I don't know. There is something like that. Yeah, sure, yeah, 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 yeah. I think yeah, it was yeah. Reagan. But I think that there's also like the idea of um, I am inspired to do this because if... If I want to, I can give a billion excuses why I shouldn't do something. People are going to say this. They're going to, these people are going to be angry. These people aren't going to understand it. I'm going to have to explain myself right. as opposed to I'm doing this thing. I'm doing this thing. But it's tough, like, on stage to not do that. Like, um, I have to self-edit, but... When you say on stage, what do you mean? Where you're well, so if I, I do, I, almost 90% of my income is corporate entertainment. Right. Hosting meetings, helping with trade shows, awards, banquets, blah, 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 blah. But, like, I'll have a funny line that I know is a great line, but it might be crossing the line right there. Crossing the... Dirty, PC, yeah. right. uh, human resources line. Mm -hmm. And sometimes as they still come out, you can't edit them all and because we do what we do. And sometimes fast and funny is the way to go. Right. Yeah. It's better to uh, apologize than ask for permission, <laughs> you know? Right. And I've had it, you know? I mean... I was doing Fannie Mae Mortgage, and a guy came up on stage with a leather coat on, and I said that would look well with a pair of buttless chaps, which isn't that dirty, do you know? But I got off stage, and they just tore into me, and blah, 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 and Frank Rains was the CEO of uh, Fannie Mae at the time, and he says, uh, what's going on back here? And they said, well, you know, he swore up on stage, and he goes, well, I didn't hear it. What did he say? And they said, but. He goes, my five-year-old says but. That's not a problem. Well, then they really got mad because I made them look mad in front of their boss. I mean, it was like, I got fired. I never worked for them again because mm. I said the word but. Right. I know. You said buttless. Yeah, I said buttless chaps. Buttless and that's an chaps. old Mitch Rouse. That's a, I, Mitch Rouse used to say that term all the time. Buttless Maybe chaps. Like, buttless chaps. I did, um, I did a video where we did a Sorority Sluts 3, the outtakes. Johanna Stein did it. I and I wore a pair of buttless chaps. And there is a video of me online. Wearing buttless chaps without pants on. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. My oh. ass is straight up out, and also grabbing tomorrow bits, tomorrow bix bits, and and feigning, feigning, yeah, her bits, and feigning. Uh, <laughs> it, it's a really and Susie Nakamura is in it, James Grace is in it, and it's uh, the name droppers are in it. Name They're droppers, all are in it. you know, yeah, yeah <laughs> name droppers. droppers. But there's so many things that we've done. You are working your. You're working. You, you're crossing the line of commerce and art, and it's got to be hard at times. At times, at times it is. Because you do have a governor. Not hard, hard. But well, no, yeah, no, no. yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, I want to go all out. And 20 years ago, when I first started doing it, I could. It was a lot more, and, and I even have I have clients that I've had for 10, 15 years, and people in the audience go, "Wow." I, what happened to the old Richard? I mean, he used to be so funny. And I remember this, and that. I go, I can't do it. No. And I go, if you're, you want me to come back. Not that you can do it. You're not allowed to do you're it. You're not allowed to do it. Right. And I've had talks. And, and they said, we'd like to keep you around, but you can't do this anymore. Right. And I go, that's great. 
you know, and if it's a gig's $25,000 or some ridiculous amount of money, you go, okay, what do you want me to do? Right. You know, and it, it's like, you know, some people would go, well, you're just whoring yourself and you get, yeah, but I, what do I care? Do you really feel like you're whoring yourself? No, but I, th I know that there's people that go, well, you're not doing your art. You're not being true to yourself. And I go, well, that's just, that's my job. But how, who are they that say that? You know what I mean? Absolutely. Because I'm not saying I agree with them. No, no, no. And I think that's a major thing. Where but those are the say, people that are doing free improv at 50 years old. And, you know, great. That's, I mean, it's fun. Richard, I, there's one thing that I learned from you. It's like charge, charge, get paid, get paid. Get at some paid. point. I mean, we did stuff for free. But you know what? You not know, anymore. I've, not anymore. And I think there are a lot of people, and, and I encourage people who are listening to this, if they're saying, should I get paid? The answer is get paid. I doubled my, I doubled my day rate one year. Mm -hmm. No one said a word. Mm -hmm. And uh, a producer told me, they hired me for something. He goes, well, there was one guy that was 5000 and you were 10000 We figured if you get 10000 you must be better. <laughs> you know, right. like they, right, right, right. And at the end of the day, I, I think I might have mentioned it before where I was, I had a gig and we were charging X amount. It's perceived value. And then I had another gig, same stuff. I'm charging X amount times three, right? X amount times three sells out X amount. It takes longer to sell right. out. But, but you got to watch it sometimes because uh, mm -hmm. I've had people go, wait a minute, you charged so-and-so this and charged us more. Why was that? Because you're just trying to get more money. Obviously, you know, I mean, that's all it is. Right. I thought I could get more from you and I did. Right. Do you know? At the did end you of work the year, with them again? Uh, not that person. Right. Right. But here's another thing. It's up to them also to do their homework. Right. I, but now I have, I have pretty much a scale and this is what I charge. Right. And people want to go up and down and that's because now this is it. But you're, uh, what I learned from you is the idea of being a businessman, of being, of Yeah, of that's knowing... all self-taught, too. I know. I never went to business school, anything. I mean, right. it's been weird. You know, help me, Joe Keefe. Who was? What, what was the uh, uh, executive producer of Second City Communications. Right. And we've had our battles and we've had our arguments and, and whatever, um, like any relationship. But um, he taught me an awful lot. Like what? Um... Going into meetings, um, one of the big things was you can, before a show, the process of doing the show has got to be a better, it has to be a good experience. If you're difficult to work with and you give them the best show ever, they'll never hire you again. If you are wonderful to work with and you do a mediocre show, you'll work with them forever. It's the entire show. It's not just, you can't be, unless you have some stardom where you can be an asshole and they're just hiring you because of that, but at, at my level you've got to be good to work with through the whole thing right. and give a good show. And so I'm mindful of that when I'm working with clients. Right. He's taught me a lot of stuff. It's, it's unbelievable. The stuff that goes through my head where I heard from him at a meeting, we would go into meetings, he'd have a suit and tie and I wouldn't shave and wear blue jeans because that was a perception the client wanted. I was the creative. He was the business. Got it. Even we did it on purpose. Right. It's all little stuff like that. He taught me through the way I, I give Joe Keith, 75% of the credit of the career I have of helping me through it and get me out of Second City in that way, do you know, of the bitterness, whatever. He gave me this career and this, this living, and yeah, I thank him. I mean, we're probably not talking right now. We got into a little tiff. I'm sure we'll clean it up again at some point. But, right. You know. But it's also the recognition that he has something to offer. Like, I, I yeah, I get it. I get it. I get it. And what I also get, and so for me, because I've worked with Joe, and Joe, I've always felt like I didn't get paid enough at Second City when I was doing corporate work. But you know what? That's about, that's on me. That's right. on me. Right. That's not on him. That's on me. Right. If I'm not, if I don't feel like I'm making enough money, that's on me. Absolutely. I need to ask for I more. can't, I have never gotten a raise from Sharna, from teaching with Sharna, ever. But you know what I've never done? Asked for one. Oh. I've never asked for one. So you can. That's on you. Right, exactly. Yeah. And, and I think a and lot the of stuff I learned from her are all things not to do. But still, <laughs> still. those are the lessons that we learn about right. those things. Because the lessons aren't all about you know, this nugget that you go and you hold on to. One of the lessons is, I don't want to hang out with people like that. Right. Or whatever that's going to be, not necessarily right, right. But I, And that goes back to the energy of somebody walks in the room and you go, <gasps> or somebody walks in the room and you go, 
and yeah. you get to be I mean, aware. last time I was down there and saw her, and I was just like, I had this creepy feeling. I don't want to go back in there. Mm -hmm. I like to go see TJ and Dave. It's the greatest improv show that I've probably ever seen in my life. I mean, it's like Jim Fay when he was at ETC. Right. And Rich Thomas. Is that his name? Rick, Rick, Rick Thomas? Rick Thomas. He did this late night thing at ETC. Yeah, the, the Rick show. Oh, my God. I mean, that mm -hmm. stuff is just... It's it's raw. It was right. right out there, raw, in the moment. Nothing was written, like TJ and Dave. I mean, that's the real deal to me. Right. That's and and the confidence that those guys have. Certainly, Rick was Rick was crazy at the time as well. But like to look at somebody and go, "You are genuine. What I'm seeing is who you are, and I love that because I feel that you're pulling punches, or if I feel like you're just saying that, and when I walk away from you, you're going to." It's like mm -mm. You, that energy, I can't be with you. I can't create around that. Right. I can't be inspired by those sort of and things. And then if somebody lies to you a whole bunch of times, then whatever they say, it's okay. Whatever they say is, um, you, now you're looking through that, that fog of, and you can never are they lying to me? Right. 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 And you, exactly. Exactly. You can never not do, you can never not not well, see that. we're standing backstage, and, and I remember we were putting up Honor Finnegan versus The Brain of the Galaxy. Mm -hmm. Steve Burrows and Judd, and I mean, it was a great Directed cast. Directed by Dell. Directed by Dell, mm -hmm. and talking to us about how we're going to get $40 a show, and uh, every Who's show. Who's talking about that? Sharna. Mm -hmm. We're going to get paid all this money, we're going to mm -hmm. go here, and we might tour it, and this, and you're going to, this is going to be the thing, you're going to get, uh, yeah, and we're, if we make this gate, and you'll get paid a minimum of this, and Dell turns to us and goes, well, there she go lying again. And it was like, you know, we got paid $20 the first night and never got paid again. Right. After all those promises. And right. from that on, it was like, well, now, now it's just, I'm just going to listen to it like, like it's, you know, the TV at the end of the day. And it's just in the old days. Right. right? <laughs> in the old days of TV. Right. Right. So. Right. Um, she finally got people to London. And I give her a lot of credit. I mean, to keep that thing going, I thought she'd be done once Dell died. And but also look at what she's done. Like you and I would not know each other, right? You would not know your wife. Absolutely, and gave us all a jumping off ground. And not right. just that to Second City, which is what it was—kind of a farm team to get into Second City. Now it's its own entity where people come to there to find talent. Again, I give her a lot of credit. You but know? I'm just saying, again, those ancillary things that have nothing to do with being over at I.O., but again, I, and I, oh, I met my wife. That's what I said. Yeah. Did I met you hear you? me say that? Uh -uh. I, I said that. <laughs> oh, have I you just, been talking? Just a moment oh, ago, did you I get said here? that. I remember you getting here. <laughs> I said, you met your wife. I met you. Mick met, we met Mick. We met Pesquazi. Like all these Mick people. Mick and I moved to Chicago on the exact same day. We took our first Second City class three days later and our first I.O. class two days after that. Mm -hmm. Both of us, brand new to town. And at that I.O. class, we were looking around and we'd recognized each other from our Second City first class. Mm -hmm. And we went and sat next to each other and became pals ever since. Right. Right. Yeah. I mean. And, I, and for me, meeting you guys Dell. at I.O. She got Dell, I mean. Right. You know, he was in the sewer and she cleaned him up and got him teaching classes. Right. And Don't changed, think, hey. But Richard, she changed every, because of that, she changed everything. Not she, well, in a way, she changed in a everything. Way. You know? Right. Because she did. She did. She did. I give her a ton of credit. Right. But and, there's a lot of, you know. Yeah, well, there's a, but, it, but when you have a personality like that, all that other shit's going to go with it. But obviously, she was right. doing something right. It's something about independent producers that's just ugly. I don't know if I've ever met one. It's just a certain cut of cloth that I just, in that business. She would not have, she, we, if, if there wasn't that chutzpah, if there wasn't that um, energy, of that, absolutely. Then we wouldn't have we wouldn't have had we right. wouldn't. Hey, we had a stage. Here. We had Dell. We had time. What we were, I was doing three heralds a night sometimes. Right, six days a week. Right. I mean, you can not get better. When I was doing stand up in New York, we would go do six stand up things. You would go from this club to this club in one night. So now I'm doing that six nights a week, six times a night. That's thirty six times a week I'm on stage, where people are doing open mic night once a week. Right. I did I did what they do in a half a year and, in a week. And look at how that paid off for what you're doing right now. Absolutely. Absolutely. Again, I go back to the confidence and I and I watch people on stage lack like I I, I look at them going I look at them, uh, and they're they're confident in the beginning of a scene and then something happens and they're suddenly gone. And I'm I'm thinking what, what happened? happened to you? 
And what happened was they lost their confidence. And it's okay to. Well, look they at- started looking. They started looking inside at, at the scene. They started watching the scene instead. They of started doing. watching themselves and thinking, right. "How can I sustain this?" And they went, "I can't sustain." Well, this. Was this the last time we went on stage at the Annoyance? You, me, Mick, Joe, Bill, Susan. Susan. That was it. Five of us. You, me, Mick, Joe, Bill, Susan. Okay. And and I was so outside myself and so uncomfortable up there. Even though you're with everybody who loves you. Could not have been more supported up on stage. <laughs> and I was absolutely in the audience watching the show that's from the stage. Yeah, that's really interesting. And, and, and I, I hadn't felt like that in forever. Never had felt like that. Right. When I, I got up on stage the first time, I met Dell in Detroit. He came in for a workshop. Do you know? And I had no idea what I was doing. My mm-hmm. mom says, I heard this guy who was in from Saturday Night Life in Second City. You want to take a class? That was it, you mm-hmm. know? And just was naturally an improviser. Right. I didn't know what I was doing, you know? I still don't. It's interesting that you could not have been surrounded by four more people who just wanted to support you. Absolutely. In this universe. Right. Of anybody on the planet. And all I was doing was thinking. Right. Right. But the great thing about that is what you just said, that you were aware of what it was that you were doing and you were aware. And the moment you become aware of what it is that you're doing, you get to change it. I would love to do it again. We will. Now to do, you know, to go back out of that. Right. I, I needed, we just walked up on stage. I know. I needed some time ahead of time to talk about it a little bit. Yeah. You know, just to like get my... To get your head. Remember, we used to warm up before we do Harold's. Well, I don't remember any of that. Oh, with the pa- ball, paper ball. No, I never did that. You didn't do that stuff. No, I didn't downstairs? do that. I've always felt that was, you know, the paper ball. Or you ball up a thing of paper. You tape it up and you go pause, 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 pause. Yeah, we yeah. just talk or kind of zoom. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, we didn't do that. We did not do that before we went on stage. Did it with our group? No, I'm saying the last at the annoyance. We no, right, right. We just kind of bit, we just kind of did bits in the green room. Well, you guys are all on stage all the time. Yes. Yeah. Well, with each other, right? Or with other people, right? But you're not. I'm not. And I, yeah, it was wild. It is wild because it's such a well, great example of what happens when your ego gets involved, or just losing your chops, not doing it. Well, but but one thing, but I don't think you ever lost your chops. I don't think that. I think you think that you lost your chops, but I would never ask you to do that to, because I organized that thing. Right. I would not have asked you to do that if I felt you lost your chops. No, no. I, that's the wrong term then. I uh, wasn't in the right mindset to go out that's there and great. improvise. And that's okay. Right. Because you certainly, but I think that people go, I don't have it anymore. I ain't got it. It's like, no. Oh, I just didn't have it that night. You didn't have it that night or in right. that moment you bought into that you didn't have it. Could and not agree with you. the worst more. thing that you can do Absolutely. is buy into it, is to go, oh, there's something uncomfortable. I'll take that on. Well, it's been interesting this last year. I've been working on mindfulness. Right. And just reading about it. And, mm-hmm. and, and yesterday we were at a, um, at a store and, and I saw this man yelling at this older man in the parking lot. And before, I would want to just jump into that and get in there. And I, I, I took a second and, and I stopped back and thought, instead of reacting immediately like I have my whole life, wait a second, okay, what's going on here? Well, why do I need to get involved? Is he beating him up? He's not, you know? And, and I kind of let this whole thing play out. And I thought to myself, you know, I bet this is going on around the world a million times. And I'm not there for all of them, you know? And, and it's got nothing to do with me. It's been a big change. To it's kind huge. Of take a step back and be mindful to, you know? Yep. And there's a book, and I've mentioned it before, this book called uh, Search Inside Yourself. And he talks about this, this sacred pause. And he calls it the sacred pause, or he calls it the sacred, sacred breath. I've been calling it the sacred pause. Something happens that is shocking to you, and later on you'll go, and I immediately got angry. It's like, no, you didn't. Something happened. And you immediately looked at it, and then you decided that you wanted to get angry, as opposed to just saying, oh, that happened. Right. And that's all that you get to do. Well, that's what Dell was trying to teach, though, too, and make that pause even longer was slow comedy. Where Not he slow would... comedy, mindful comedy. Right. But they call but it he slow called it, com- he called it slow I understand, comedy. but nowadays I want people to stop calling it that, because when you call it, nobody's going, hello, what's right. going on? You know, people are mindful, and that's why we love TJ and Dave, because they're mindful in the moment. Right. They're not doing anything slow. And, and it, what he, I remember him saying was, um, so what you, your first reaction is to say that first fast funny thing that comes to your head. But take a second, or a couple of seconds, and think of the second thing, the third thing, the fourth thing. The fifth thing, 
Now you have five things to choose from. Maybe you'll go back to that first thing was the best one, but maybe the fourth one was the best. It's also you're taking it in. You're, you're taking, taking it in, in life. You're taking in. Right. You're seeing somebody argue, and you're going, you don't know what the hell's going on there. You could just sit back and say, okay, I'm a camera, and I just took a picture. And so instead of yelling at the one guy, at the very end of the whole thing, I looked at this younger person who was yelling at this old man, and I said, geez, I hope people don't get that angry with you when you're older. You missed, and he, you went, and it right. just took the air out of him, and he looked at me, and I got in the car, you know. And Joel Osteen, who I, cracks me up, you know, he's the biggest preacher in the country. He's got a great thing about letting people take away your joy. Right. Like, if somebody steals your parking spot, do you get out and start yelling at him, mad? No, that was your choice. I'm really happy in my car, and I'm going to park, and this guy steals my spot. Well, it's up to me whether I let this guy make me mad. I can just drive around for another minute. I'll find another spot, yeah. and I'm still happy. Right. So it's my choice whether I let you take away my joy. Right. Right. That that idea of okay. So I've talked about this before. I think the idea of the word Kodak. Yeah. What's right. that from? Kodak is Kodak is a, a so for me this is something that I've thought about. Film. So Kodak is a film, right? And Kodak is an onomatopoeia of a shutter in a brownie camera oh. opening and closing. That's so what it's it sounded word, like. Yeah, it's a, it's it sounds like that, and that's where they came with that word. Okay. So they had to develop this camera so they can sell film, right? Right. So the word Kodak means Nothing. a picture's been taken. That's what it means. Okay. Because you can't the sound of a picture. Being sound taken. Of, but which means a picture's been taken. Right. Right. Um, we have the same thing when we say that happened. So you look at something and you go that happened. And all that you're doing is you're noticing that it happened. There's no good or bad. A picture is taken. There is no good. There is no bad. It's what you bring to that moment. Right. So when you stop and you go, okay, that happened. Now what am I emotionally going to do with that information? Okay. Because it, it, it's, it's what Joel Osteen is saying about the parking space or what you're saying about that. Right. It's like someone took the space. What are you going to do with that information? So when something like that happens, I try to hold on to it in my hands and bring it in close. And I go, hmm, that happened. Isn't that interesting? Right. Right. How do I feel about that? Exactly. Right. But people immediately go, oh, this is an opportunity that normally, historically, I would get angry at. Right. It's like, you know what? What about not now? Right. You don't have to. What that, it's, it's a choice. It's Dell's second choice or third choice or whatever that's going to Absolutely. be. To look at that and say, okay, I could deal with this right now with that. It's like, you know what? Life's, but as we get... And those choices are so much better. Like, I, I, was, I got in the car and I was like so much happier that I didn't get involved or... Really, it was none of my business. I don't have to be in charge of that situation. You didn't get somebody else's craziness on you. Right. Right. <laughs> exactly. Which I wish, you know, that's just coming from age. I mean, there's people that knew that stuff at 20. I know. How do they know that at 20? <laughs> like Mike Myers came into class, you know, and he got up on stage and, and I just turned and I go, that's, that guy's going to be a huge star. You just knew immediately. And he was young. Farley, his first time on stage. Dell looks at me and says, wow, I haven't seen that kind of energy on stage since Belushi. How prophetic is that? Immediately knew. And they had the same trajectory. Yes, they do. And the same age. Right. All of it. It's unbelievable. But I I mean, why did it take me 30 years to figure that out? It took you the time that it took you. Right. It took you the time that it took you. Um, But, right. Right. And I think a lot of people... Oh, no, my God, you know, how angry was I? And then one day I realized, I'm bringing this anger into my Absolutely. life. Absolutely, I'm bringing that in. So now I look around the other day, I'm sitting here on my couch, and my kids are in the other room with my wife doing a puzzle. And it was Christmas Day. And I just had this sense of joy. And instead of going, oh, you know, I, got, I should put the dishes away, and i got to walk the dog, I just sat and I went, wow. Right now. I'm really happy. Right now. Right now, and enjoy you them. could worry about nine fucking things. Ever. And you're not. Right. And people, because people say to me, how is it that you're not, you know, why is it that you're, you're, you're living this life, it seems like you're always happy. Well, I'm always happy because I'm not grabbing on those things that, aren't, that are making me unhappy. Like you and I in that car doing duty runs. Right. There was nothing else but you and I in that car. Right. And cigarettes and duty. Right. And there was... N- Nothing else. Nope. We were in the moment we were in the at moment, that moment. And just and happy. And we didn't have any money. No. We had no money. Right. I right. had $40 in the bank, no job, Right. living in a dining room. We had a one-bedroom apartment, 
Timmy lived in the bedroom and I lived in the dining room. That's right. I had 40 bucks in the bank and no job. And and I was I was like, oh, well. This is where we are. Something will happen. Right. You know? And that's the whole thing. Pasquese will give me some money for some food. Right. Or Timmy will bring home some dinner from whatever. Right. Or I'll get a job at a restaurant and I'll eat there. Right. There's never a situation where you go, and I didn't know what to do, and then you disappeared. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, you know, I just didn't know what to do. And so my life was over. Well, it's that, I mentioned it before, it's what uh, uh, Reverend Michael Bernard Beckwith says. He says, when you're approached in a situation that you don't know what to do, the best thing that you could do is sit back and go, I wonder how the universe is going to take care of this one. I cannot wait to find out because it always works out. And you can think the worst. I'll have clients and I'll go, oh, this happened. Oh, they're going to be there. And then, so you let it play out and they go, oh no, that wasn't what they were thinking at all. Oh my God. I've had students where I look at them and go, they're not getting it. They're not getting it at all. And I, and at the end of a class, I'll turn and go, "Uh, so Carla, what did you think? She goes, it blew me away. And I go, Whoa. wow, yeah. that's great. And here's the thing. While I'm working with Carla, I'm not going to, I, I've learned while I'm working with Carla and before I know that it, it's blown her away, I'm not going to go, what's your problem? <laughs> or to look at her and say, you're not getting this. Because people Cause get know. their own problem. Right. No, you right. don't know. You don't know. I'm looking at your dog. Look at your dog. We should redo one of these and just turn it on and we just not talk for an hour and let people sit there. Well, people can put it on pause for Oh, they could. They could do that. All right, let's end there. Today's episode was sponsored by GoDaddy. Thinking about starting a new website? GoDaddy is offering one new or transfer.com for just $1.99 for the first year. Go to GoDaddy.com and enter the code ADDcomedy at checkout or click on the GoDaddy banner on our website, ADDcomedy.com. Hello, ADD Comedy Podcast listeners. Dave Rosowski here. First off, thank you for listening. We really appreciate it. And second off, if you've ever wanted to take a class with me but thought, gosh, I don't think I'll ever be around where David is, know that you can now take the virtual class at iActing. Just check our website out, and there's a link there. Click on that link, and that will set you up. you got to do a little hunting, but I think that it's well worth it. We'll hear you in your ears. Bye. Thank you for listening to the ADD Comedy Podcast. For Dave Rosowski, I'm Ian Foley. For more information on ADD Comedy, you can visit our website at www.theaddcomedytour.com. You can also follow us on Twitter at ADD Comedy Pod. If you're in the Los Angeles area and you're interested in taking a class with Dave, you can find that information at his website at www.davidrosowski.com. Sound services for the ADD Comedy Podcast was brought to you by Post Apocalyptic.